0: View. we're back here with frank and david i'll be out of town the next two saturdays so next two shows will be recorded for you um, congratulations to the rockets beating byu by a late second touchdown last weekend and the, the weather is turning we're in october and people like to have pumpkin spice apple cider and sweaters and also we talk a little bit of Football, as we're pretty much in the midst, in the middle of the football season for high school, uh, college, kinda, and then with the NFL, about week five. mint making picks for the NFL. Pick them as David did last week. So obviously he'll be in the lead. Uh, we'll do that a little bit later on in the show. Anyway, we got Frank Vashner here on the phone lines, along with David the got Harris here in the home studios, and uh, Frank. Uh, what's your uh, gripe about i know you're talking detroit lions football played a great game against the chiefs maybe a little bit of belief in matt patricia and then you think this weekend that the michigan state spartans are going to get slashed up by ohio state even though i think in the, wasn't it the last time that michigan state played at ohio state they won by a field goal
1: no last time they went down to columbus they got destroyed 48 to
0: 3 or two the year before that
1: would have
0: been twenty fifteen. Yes, twenty fifteen. Yeah, I, I knew when, uh, the Ottawa when, Hills uh, kicker. Michael, yeah.
1: yeah, Michael Geiger, the pride of Ottawa Hills High School, and unfortunately, that was about the last time he could kick a field goal because.
0: Uh, we have we have lost Frank. Frank, you're going in and out. What's what happened? You, you went out there. Yeah, but He's, you know what? You say. Well, I
1: was just saying that uh, that was probably the last big kick that Geiger could make. Was seemingly after
0: that, everything just kind of went downhill for
1: him his senior
0: year. Right, right. It was his last year. But, yeah, but That's, but anyway. Let's talk a little. So the Lions, what's the gripe about the Lions? Uh, they were undefeated until they beat the Chiefs. First time that Patrick Mahomes was playing in the Dome. They lost to the Chiefs. Well, I mean, they, I mean, they lost. They were undefeated until they lost to the Chiefs. First time that Patrick Mahomes yeah. had played in a Dome. And actually the Lions played pretty well. Uh, they might be a little legit this year, maybe.
1: Well, let me me just uh, first say that, look, I am going to give credit where it is due and say that, yeah, there's a lot of good things they did. I mean, look, if you keep Patrick Mahomes from throwing a touchdown pass, okay, yeah, that's, that's actually something that you can look as a positive. And also, anyone that ever questions Matthew Stafford as a leader or his toughness, I will ask you to kindly sit down and shut up, especially after he got in the faces. I forget who it was from the Chiefs after he he lowered his shoulder to try and get an extra yardage. So I mean, I will give I, I do have to give Stafford credit. Everyone says, "Oh, he's overpaid; he can't do this." You want an example of a quarterback who is overpaid and isn't doing very well? And it breaks my heart to say this, and I love this guy when he was in college. Turn on the Minnesota Vikings and look and see what Kirk Cousins is doing because he's making a lot more than Stafford, and he isn't doing as good of a job. And it hurts me to say that. I loved Kirk when he was at Michigan State, but since he's gotten into the NFL, I I just don't know what's going on with him I,
0: don't, I i don't I don't know Frank I mean let's be honest he he played against some great defense last week and uh i mean you, they're, they're no slouch well,
1: so, well i mean look the the bears look okay one game, but it seems like he's not for as much money as he's making i mean stafford at least goes out there and is showing that he's given an effort. I'm not seeing that much of Cousins, but you like that. I, you like that. Kirk, I didn't
0: like
1: your performance against the
0: Bears. Well, wow, let's face it; he's going up against Khalil Mack. I mean, the, that
2: that
0: Bears that Bears defensive line is pretty solid, along with the the uh, with you. the linebackers. Yeah. And and and, I, I, and Dalvin Cook really didn't do well either. I mean, once they took away the running game, it's pretty obvious uh, what you got to do. Minute,
1: well, apparently, Minnesota's offense has gotten god-awful. Would, apparently Stephon Diggs has been complaining about that, but I'm going to reserve that for David because he may bring that up in his winners and losers. Mm-hmm. But anyways, let's get back to the matter at hand. The Lions ended up losing with about 30 seconds left in the game to the Chiefs when I think it was Damian Williams scored a touchdown. They ended up getting a chance for a Hail Mary. didn't work. And that... And then here comes all the wine-in firm officiating, saying that there was pass interference on the last Hail Mary attempt, and that uh, there was a play, a, there was a touch that Kenny Galladay supposedly had, but he bobbled twice, especially when he was going to the ground. And I saw it, and, it was, and I fully believe it was incomplete. No receiver's going to get that call. He didn't have control of the ball, so by the letter of the law, Incomplete. It wasn't anything dealing with this process, garbage, or anything like that. Or when uh, one guy from the Chiefs had the 100 yard fumble return. Well, for one, your running back and it's first and goal will take better care of the football. Ball security is job security. And one, you play. To the whistle. Don't just give up what it seems like yourself because the play wasn't blown dead. And then next thing you know, Oh crap. Going back the other way. And somebody in the name of all that is holy. If that happens, you better be busting your ass to get after that guy. and Keep him from scoring an easy touchdown. I mean, that's one, that's one thing that does drive me nuts, but What really gets me is people blaming officiating, and I have said this time and time again, and I'm going to say it again here, and Derek, please cue up the life lesson music, because I believe there is a life lesson that needs to be given out here. If you blame officiating for a loss, whatever sport you are, are a fan of, you are nothing but a loser. Oh, you don't like you
0: like that, non-ball. you don't like that. So basically, what you're Kurt, saying is shut up. right. So basically, fans, because fans do do that. You like that, you like that, and they get on the referees and and uh, actually, when we do play this life le- uh, lesson music, there was some people that were upset. Cause I don't know if you guys have heard about this. It happened in Toledo um, Thursday night. A football game was canceled at halftime because. Uh, oh
1: between uh, Scott and Rogers. yes
0: and some people applauded the referees and some people said the referees let the game get out of hand
1: well um, I mean look I would have to see some footage to really make a full ruling on that button but here.
0: We, we we've we've talked about it here it on, the, it oh, we've just, talked about it here on this show that you can't yeah, blame the refs.
1: Just, yeah you can I mean and that and in that instance if you want to play somebody, play the players that were running their mouths and acting a fool. Right. The refs are only doing their job and enforcing the rules. If they, they told them multiple times to cool it, and they didn't listen, whose fault is that?
0: But I got to tell you this, though, anyway. Frank. In the NFL, and, and, and this was a slippery slope, and I think we talked about that here on this show, is that reviewing certain plays now that are judgment calls is opened up a very bad can of worms and i've noticed it in the NFL it's it's the game the game is getting slowed down now to the point where it seems like the referees are kind of taking over the game it's just like the thing of well You can call holding all the time when it comes to the alignment. Now all of a sudden it seems like they're calling holding all the time. They're calling this or someone makes a good play then the play has to come back because supposedly the guy got hit in the back but he really didn't get hit in the back because the referee had a bad angle. I'll have to admit this season the refereeing has been a little suspect. Usually I don't like to blame the refs but it has been a little suspect.
1: And look I will, I know I'm I may sound like I'm going back and forth on this, but yeah, I will admit there has been some stuff that has been called that shouldn't be, and vice versa. Case in point, last year's NFC Championship game and that debacle, when there's no pass interference called, Called, and I I even said to my family in Louisiana, I said, look, that that missed call was absolute garbage. But that's not why the Saints lost the game. You got to be good teams and winners play above that stuff. Mm-hmm. Losers just complain, hang about it. And even another example, I'll you I'll reference my Spartans when they lost to Arizona State a couple weeks ago. There was a when somebody from when. They-
0: yep, Frank went out. Dave, are you still there?
1: There's a players from Arizona State out yep. there leaping. And David, you might remember this too. That's a, that by rule is a penalty, but it wasn't called. Did I, and I didn't go blame the, offici- the Pac-12 officiating crew for that loss. No. Michigan State lost because they only scored seven points. So don't get... Right. Points. And back to the Lions... Here's the thing, the refs didn't cause you to only rush three late in the game when it's fourth down, and you leave the middle of the field wide open for Patrick Mahomes to scramble and get the first down. Um, The refs didn't make you settle for field goals or anything like that. You have to be able to play above that stuff. The truth is the Lions did not play well enough to win. I mean, yeah, there are things they did that were good and that can be built off of. But at the end of the day, if you don't get the job done, you still didn't play well enough to win. That, and here's my life lesson. Don't complain about stuff.
0: About frank where you where are you at where are you going with this so it looks like frank once again is having difficulties with this phone uh I, maybe he's at a tim hortons or something i don't know um i was gonna
2: say i think he may blame the rap for his bad phone
0: <laughs> now that is a now there's a life lesson right there good one there david as uh, Frank, I think you either have gone out or something's happened to Frank here because, like I said, he he's been having some technical difficulties with this phone. But we'll get David's take on this because um, I mentioned this earlier a little bit in the segment that the referees seem like it it has been pretty bad this NFL season where they're interjecting a little too much. Yeah, and I would say
2: between kind of some of the. Not questionable officiating because, again, I would agree with Frank, like in that Detroit Lions game, they shot themselves on the foot more than the Chiefs kind of had the refs in their back pocket conspiracy. But there have been a lot of questionable play calling or questionable officiating decisions. And now that with this new offensive pass interference, the pass interference being able to challenge this and kind of expanding what coaches are able to challenge that just adds more of this. Not really sure what to think, what to expect, and then on top of that, because it's human error that we're dealing with, just in general when it comes to officiating, that's always going to be kind of a bigger deal. So you really can you really take the human element out of the game, knowing that officials are prone. Official will see something that, like when you look at the replay, it's like. Come on. So perfect example. That that um bust in the passer, play Matthew. Like literally no other year in the NFL is that a penalty. But because this new era of new enforcing wanted to be more safe, wanted to officiate the game better. There was you know last weekend the VP officiating had a conference call with all of the officials saying, Hey, you gotta you know, figure this thing out, we can't have another four weeks where, you know, Tom Brady's out here questioning you guys and saying this game is horrible to watch. It just seems as though now they're being so so overly aware of what they're doing to where now they're just, I think they're going to try to blow the whistle on nearly everything. And that's not good for the game if you're stopping it every single play. Like, a game is already too long as it is. Without the over-officiating, needing to go to the booth, needing to stop for replay. We're already getting that with injuries, extending things, but now that you're having more and more opportunities to challenge calls on an already, you know, officiating system that's questionable and you're wondering what to do at best. So it's kind of, it's just interesting. And so for me, I'm kind of not sure what to think about how this can move forward and whether whether you can even move forward with how this new officiating is it going to go back to, okay, we need to um, go back to the way things were, where we just let them play, where we need to kind of combat this player safety aspect of the officiating and not trying to call so many of these hits. I mean, obviously, if it's egregious, like if it's Vontaze Perfect, you know, fearing with the helmet that's one thing but if it's play matthews quote-unquote roughing the passer where it's like even former players were like you that's not a roughing the passer come on like i think we need to get back to figure out where that line
0: is that was that was a good one uh, there uh uh david and once frank what's going on with the phone man
1: uh, I don't know. I think it was just uh, my phone was connected to my jetpacks and for some reason my signal cut out.
0: But I disconnected from that and now I'm good. So okay, hopefully good. it holds out. Okay. Alright. So we, we got all of the insight with David. Uh, Frank, will were you? I just totally forgot what you were really much talking about because I, I thought maybe you were at Tim Hortons or something and the phone was just cut. No, no,
1: no. I'm I'm at home right now. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. But I, I mean, as I, as I was saying... And my le- my life lesson that I gave: don't complain about what you can't control.
0: All right, you can only I mean, control look, the controllables. You
1: know, yes, exactly. Then that was essentially life lesson number twenty twenty from me.
0: Hmm. All right, so now that we've ta- we've talked about the Lions and the Chiefs, how about we talk about this Ohio State and Michigan State game? I'll be down there in Columbus. Actually, I'll be close to the university since where I'm going to be. Yeah, it's going to be just slightly north of the uh, uh, university. And when I went to go book for hotels, the prices were outrageous. Uh, I believe it's a Oops. Saturday night game, but I believe, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It's 730 kick on ABC. And I'll make sure to stay far away from Ohio State University as, as much as possible. Um, but anyway, uh for one, your your thoughts on the game is that Michigan State's pretty much gonna get the rick rolling, but you had an interesting take that you talked with me and David about and what's that take about Ohio State's coach?
1: Well, this is something that I've heard discussed on local radio and I've also discussed it with a couple of uh
0: local radio family member. Is in yeah. local radio in the D.
1: Yeah, this is, some, this is something I heard from Lenny bring up and I've brought the same thing up to a couple of uh Buckeye fans, well, fans I know very well, one is a current volleyball player at Dundee. I was talking with her last night and I said to, and I said, uh, look, I think you need to, uh, you need to, you better appreciate every game you get with Ryan Day as your head coach, because I believe that he could be in the NFL within the next five years. And, and of course, and I also told her that if, uh, and she said, "Well, I'll I'll be fine with it if uh, the Steelers were to, if Mike Tomlin gets let go by the Steelers and he ends up going there because she was also a Steelers fan." <laughs> but but anyways, it's it, to me it seems like from what I've seen from Day in three games last year and even this year, the way he the way he calls a game it seems like he's kind of got, he's got that NFL pedigree, to him. I mean, he call he's not he. I think he's truthful. I think he's a better play caller than Urban was. And wait, I
0: wait, also wait, wait, the- wait, 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 wait. I mean, I understand that they're doing very well, but how much of it is that he basically has the most talent in the country? Now that you're saying he's a great coach, I mean, I, when I look when I analyze coaches, I want to see what they do with their talent. And it's a little bit easier to coach when you have great talent, but with him. I like that he's what he's doing with this team. Obviously, he didn't just railroad off the railroad tracks. But at the same time, usually I like to judge coaches when maybe the talent is dropped off and then let's see what they can, you know, come up with.
1: Well, I mean, that's going to – I mean, when that happens, we don't know. Like I said, I think within the next five years is probably when you'll see it happen. Because, right, I mean, I'll get to Ohio State's talent in a minute. But, I mean, but. I was talking with uh, my cousin Don, who's an Ohio State fan, a couple weeks ago, and he said that the one thing that Day has done is simplified Ohio State's defense because he told me that when Urban was coaching and he had whoever his defensive coordinators were put in a really complex scheme that would be tough for pros to learn and take them a long time, and Day comes in and says, hey, you know what? We're gonna make it simple, do the KISS philosophy, keep it simple, stupid, and it's paid results. And I also spoke with another Buckeye fan I go to church with, and he mentioned this about Dave he said, as that in his 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 office is pretty much open. Anybody on staff or players said, Hey, we're a family here. If we need if you need to talk to me about something, come on in. So I just want—that's one thing I just wanted to throw out there as well.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So it seems—I mean, it seems like he—he's—he's he's been running the program differently. He—he's a little bit more open to ideas, uh, and adapting. So I think within the—I think truthfully in the next five years, and he could be someone whose name could be mentioned for an NFL gig. I mean, I'd like—I would like to know what David thinks about that. What do you think, David? Next five years, you think Ryan Day could be in the NFL, especially could he be the guy who replaces Mike Tomlin down the road?
2: Well, I think, in terms of kind of within the next five years, if he's a coordinator position, I think definitely because NFL teams are always looking to kind of scour the college ranks to find new offensive coordinators, defensive coordinators, just so they can kind of get into that talent pool of kind of leading an NFL caliber offense. But in terms of a head coach, I really, I really don't think that Ryan day, I don't want to say not head coach, NFL coach material, but it's a different kind of beast altogether. And even for someone as innovative as Chris Kingsbury is finding out in Arizona, you can't just do what you think is going to be a revolutionary offense in college and then bring it to the NFL. Now, granted, Kingsbury's situation is different because he's more of a kind of running on spread offense, which is how the NFL is leaning at the moment towards trajectory. And I don't think Ryan Day has – like, he may have it in him, but I think his is more run the ball, run the ball, run the ball, which has been the MO of Ohio State for at least the last decade or two, maybe even going back to the Claret Well, they haven't had – David,
1: hold on for one second. I mean, you mentioned Ohio State running the ball. Well, I don't think there had been so much just run and run and run some more. Because I'm gonna, because I mean, we look at look and see what Justin Fields has done. I mean, he's done very well throwing the ball. In fact, I'm gonna pull his numbers up right now. Just give me a second. I mean, yeah, they have guys like Dobbins and uh, Master Teague. <laughs> That's T Batmaster that P for anyone listening.
0: Yeah, I got
1: it. Uh-huh. I, I just, sorry, I just had to
0: make up, uh, throw
1: a little pun in there. Uh-huh. But fields on the season, he's completing just a shade under seventy percent of his passes, thousand ninety two yards, uh, sixteen touchdowns, no picks, and his QB rating a hundred and ninety-four point four or uh, so I think, so I mean, Fields—he's got a quarterback that can actually throw it. in. some are saying that Fields may be the best QB to ever play at Ohio State. I would say he's definitely in conversation for that. But I don't—I say he could easily surpass Dwayne Haskins and break some of his records I
2: mean, as well. But that just goes to show you the—you know—caliber of Ohio State quarterbacks that come through over the past couple years, and again, like, people, like, God, maybe go to a stat, but has Ohio State actually left the state of Ohio in any of their games yet this year? So, I mean, they, it's kind of you –
0: know, uh,
1: David, you they know, went, went to Nebraska. They, yeah. went, they went to Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, Derek, if you can cue up a, a chainsaw, yeah, uh, effect, that's pretty much what they did. <laughs> so, to Nebraska.
2: I mean, that's one of four games in, in conference, and is Nebraska really, you know, great hey, decisive
0: and, like and let's be gonna be honest too against Miami, even though they beat them seventy six to five. Miami at one point was up five to zero. <laughs> I mean, they, they uh, beat Cincinnati, they beat Miami, they beat Nebraska. That's why I said, what are you what are you trying to judge stuff on with Ryan Day going to the NFL? I mean. Who has Ohio State really played? I mean, the, 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 just, just be honest about that. They haven't really played anybody, and they and they normally don't early on in the season. And, and granted, they're you know they're looking good right now, but I, I got when that's I want to You know, that's what I'm saying. When I want to make a judgment of a of a coach, so one I want to see at least a year or two before we start talking about NFL. Three, I want to see what is he what is he going to do in bowl games? What is he going to do when? Um, a team has a full month to, you know, basically game plan for him. What are you going to do for end game adjustments when there's some adversity? I mean, that's the stuff that I'm 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 looking for, and I can't just sit there and say, uh, you know, oh well, uh, uh he's he's NFL material. That that just that's just not really pop, plausible. Um, is there an is there an afternoon NHL game that I see? Hmm.
1: Yeah, it should be between the Flyers and Blackhawks. Yeah, played in Prague
0: right now. Okay, I was wondering that. I said I, I kind of saw that, but anyway, yeah, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold the hold the brakes on Ryan Day being a, a, a NFL uh, coach until I can see a little bit more. I mean, it, let's just be honest; we just haven't seen enough from him to just say oh, automatically. Yeah, he's an NFL. Potential coach. I mean, like I said, we well, haven't, I, we haven't I, seen I, him play in a bowl game. We haven't seen him really play Penn State yet. What's he going to do? In the, I mean, think about it. What if they play in the rivalry game and Michigan wins? Then you know you're going to pull I that card. Th- I don't.
1: Th- I I don't think Michigan stands much of a chance I think
0: we, it's, What have we said on this show that it, 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 it's a rivalry game? I
1: understand, Derek. I understand it's a rivalry game. What if he loses However, to Michigan
0: State on Saturday night? You gonna still say that he's gonna be NFL potential?
1: That, uh, that, that I'll probably. Uh, who knows? We'll see. We're gonna see what happens, but I look at, think it, look that at this! Ohio, look at this! Look at this! They played Ohio Florida. Is, wait a
0: minute, Frank. They've played Florida Atlantic, forty-five to twenty-one. They beat Cincinnati at home, forty-two to zero. And Cincinnati's
1: then, actually pretty decent this year.
0: Yeah. Um. Then they did. Yeah, okay. They did leave the state again. The, they've left the state twice, David. They went to Indiana and they won fifty-one to ten. Then Miami seventy-six to five, and then Nebraska forty-eight to seven. Now they've got Michigan State Saturday night, and then the week after th- that they have a bye. Um, and then they play the week uh, at Northwestern on a Friday night, actually. Friday night football and for Big Ten. That's at that's at and Northwestern. That's an eight thirty game. The big and game that's
1: gonna be a win.
0: The big game that I'm telling you is that when I could start judging him as a real coach is against Wisconsin on the twenty sixth. And I know Wisconsin's a good team, but I don't see Wisconsin going into
1: Columbus and winning.
0: I do. They got, they got that, that great defense there. Don't underestimate Wisconsin, dude. Wisconsin's got a really who, good okay. team. Okay.
1: Okay, who has Wisconsin beaten? I'm pulling their schedule up right now. They beat South Florida, 49 Bagel. They beat Central Michigan, 61 to Bagel. Mm-hmm. They beat a grossly overrated Michigan team. And they also beat Northwestern. Mm-hmm. And they will play... Kent State this weekend, and mm-hmm. they are going to wipe the field with that.
0: Now, Wisconsin's good, Frank. You just—you just—you can look at the eye test. I don't care who they've been really playing. I'm not saying that Ohio State is bad, but. They've beaten who they needed to beat, but there's a Wisconsin team, number eight in the country, is a really good team, and they've got a really stifling defense. And let's be honest, Ohio State hasn't played any teams that really have a defense. This is the first game where they're actually going to play a team that has a defense. Not to mention here, too, you can't just sit there and say that Ohio State's going to win the Michigan game because the week before that, they end up playing Penn State. Who's to know what happens in that Penn State game? That's at Penn State, at Happy Valley. Anything can happen in that game. Anything could be where it basically can deflate the 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 Buckeyes, and then they go up against Michigan. Or actually, they'll be, they'll be no, they're not at Happy Valley. They'll be at Ohio State. Then they go up to Michigan. That's two tough games right there. That's where I'll start to, to judge Ryan Day's coaching is when, because obviously Maryland, Rutgers, that's gonna be that's gonna be mop up duty. But you got Wisconsin, and I wouldn't even really. I wouldn't really take short notice of Northwestern. They're tricky at home, Northwestern. No, uh, they're really tricky uh, yeah, at home.
1: Northwestern cannot score in a whorehouse.
0: But then again, they're at home, and they always pull up some magic. You know, Pat Fitzgerald somehow, some way pulls up magic with that team. So right now, they've got three games, I feel, that are pretty decent games. Michigan State, Northwestern, and Wisconsin. Wisconsin being the better of the three. Then they have Maryland and Rutgers. Those are almost like bye weeks. But then they have Penn State and Michigan. Now, is Ohio State the better team than Michigan? Yes. But it's a rivalry game. Anything can happen in a rivalry game. Not to mention also that the week before, you're playing a really great or a really good Penn State team. So, it could be possible. Would it likely happen? Probably not. But then again, you don't know who could get injured in any of these games that's at a key position. That's where I want to see Ryan Day. What is he going to do when if he loses a, a starter and you have to make some in-game adjustments or even if you have to make some game adjustments the next game to replace all that talent? I mean, that's the stuff that you start looking for in coaching. Right now, they're beating teams. It's great. No one I'm pretty sure everyone was going to predict that Ohio State was going to be 5 and 0 at this point. I mean, let's let's, let's be honest. At least 5 and 0 before Michigan State. Yeah. So what? So that with saying that, what has Ryan done really done to show that hey, he could be a NFL coaching prospect? I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it.
2: I think
1: you're gonna you'll you'll end up. I think you're probably gonna end up seeing it, like you said, probably in the next few weeks. And like and like I said, it's not gonna be after this season where NFL teams are gonna be calling him. That's why I said probably closer to within the next five years at a minimum, Um, it'll, it'll show. In fact, I'll even just come out and say this, that this is an Ohio State team that may possibly be able to dethrone Clemson or Alabama. Keep in mind, Clemson hasn't looked that good in some of their games, and it looks like they have closed the proverbial gap that Alabama has so who knows maybe they get it maybe
0: they get into the playoffs this year yeah, they, 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 they could they could get in, I could see them get into the playoff they could win a national championship and you're saying that he could be nFL potential uh coach but then people are gonna say well that was urban Myers guys though that's not really him recruiting or, or okay, anything okay. like that uh, I mean that uh, is-
1: here's where I'm gonna say time out. because They could say, oh, those are Urban Meyer's guys. And I'm going to disagree with that because Urban said this once. He said, when you take over a program as a head coach, those guys who were there, they become your guys. Urban said that and came straight from his mouth. And also, Justin Fields, that isn't necessarily one of, Urban's guys because he came to Ohio State after Urban decided to hang it
2: up. Well, because he couldn't beat out somebody in Georgia, right? And so he took his ball and you know, but the, but, the thing, but, the, well, uh, but the thing, but the thing is
0: that, but Frank though, he, well, but also though, Frank, he kind of the the context of how he said it. You're you're taking what he's saying, but the context was that basically, uh, when guys take over certain programs when they're bad. That they always say, well, he's got to bring in his guys. He's got to bring in his guys. And in the context, he said, well, when you officially take over that program, those guys actually do become your guys. So technically, even though you're losing, those are kind of your guys. Because that's what people say a lot of times when a coach takes over a bad program, the first few years he gets a little bit of a slide. And it's always, oh, well, wait till he brings in his guys. Wait till he brings in his guys. And Urban just said, countered with that, with, well, those are your guys, you're just losing with your guys. So in in a sense, you know, I guess you could say that for Ryan Day, but let's be honest, most of that team was there for Urban Meyer. They're not there for Ryan Day. So as we've, as we've seen in context that once sometimes a coach takes over Larry Coker, remember with Butch Davis, he took over, won a national t- title, but most of those guys were recruited by Butch Davis. Then once Larry Coker – Started losing those guys in the NFL, or losing those guys because of you know they they did their three to four years. Where did the Miami program go?
1: But I'm also going to add this in. I would say some of these guys ended up playing for Day when he was the interim coach last year in a few games, and I would say that he is. I would say that there are guys that he has recruited, so I think you can also say that. Some of these guys are his as well, right? So let's just say. So I mean, it's pretty much more of he and Urban both uh, worked on the project together, and then when Urban said it's time for me to go, it's all yours. They pretty much identified what he what he could pretty much do what he wanted to do, who philosophy wise. But I mean, it's really He, he didn't, It's not like he came in and made. Wholesale changes on offense. I mentioned that, yeah, he did change up some things on the defensive side of the ball, uh, in terms of plays and style of play and things like that. But I think it was also for the better. Right. I mean, I think, you like that? I mean, we'll you like that?
0: That's basically Ryan Day, basically. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah, but again, I think we're we'll gonna. I think you're really gonna see. See what happens within these next few games, Michigan State, Northwestern, and even when Wisconsin even when Wisconsin comes in too. But also, I, I also make mention that of Ohio State's talent. I think this is probably the most talented Ohio State team, that, at least has ever been there. right,
2: mm-hmm.
1: anyway, I mean, I've got. I mean, I was looking at uh, at pro football focuses mock draft. Uh, for 2020, and uh, there's actually two Buckeyes that are in the top five. That would be Chase Young, the edge rusher, and he's projected to be the first player not named Tua to, uh, to go off the board to the Bengals. And then Jeffrey Okuda, the corner, who was kind of... who Okuda was kind of more of an unknown last season, and everyone was thinking, oh, well, Damian Arnett's going to be their best corner, and now Okuda's coming in, and then... He's been doing a phenomenal job, in summer saying that he's the best corner in America. And, of course, Arnett's no slouch either, so you probably got the best cornerback tandem in the Big Ten. I don't know, maybe even in the country. I mean, their linebackers, Borland and Werner. I mean, offensively, we've seen what Fields can do. Who, they run the ball. J.K. Dobbins, I think you'll see him playing on Sunday. Also, Master Teague. I mean, they probably got their their receiving core. I would say, definitely, in the conversation for being the best with Victor and uh, and KJ Hill and uh, that Chris Olave guy from California who they got. So I think that I think we can all I think we can all say that this is probably the most complete Ohio State team that has ever been down there, especially on both sides of the ball. Because they're they're in the top, I believe they're top five in offensive yardage per game, and in scoring, and also they're in the top five in yards allowed and points allowed per game. So who knows? Maybe I would say as long as they keep taking on their business, then we're going to see this team in the playoff. And if they end up getting matched up against Clemson or Bama, I would say game on.
0: No, that 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 is that is totally true. Well. What we learned out of this segment was to quit blaming refs and then also that possibly Ryan Day could be an NFL perspective head coach someday, but not right now. Yeah. Yeah, so,
1: well, that's going to do it for me, guys. I will uh, talk to you next week. I'm going to be uh, headed to, I'm actually heading to Cedar Point Saturday.
0: Really? For?
1: All weekends.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, let me guess. You're hanging out with Kenny Goldsmith? Well,
1: that could very well happen. Was just a we kind, of kind of just a week, This is a week that I kind of wanted to just uh, take a little bit of a break from football. Unfortunately, that's not going to happen with me having to announce a JV football game on Saturday at Dundee that got postponed from Thursday night.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But... You know, I'm looking forward to it, getting out for the weekend, having a little fun, enjoying myself.
2: Mm.
1: You know, fall's here, and at least we're not going to be hot. It's not going to be hotter than hell or pouring down rain.
0: Right, right, right. Yeah, that is true. We'll have fun at Cedar Point.
2: All
0: right. All right. Well, Frank, thanks for calling in, man. And we'll see you next week. And we'll also post your. I guess preseason review of your power play from last week. We weren't able to get it up on the SoundCloud page, but we will do that. Yeah, and I'll actually have my uh, gross overreactions next week, so stay tuned. Nice. All right, Frank. Thank you. Yeah, that was Frank Bastner here on 88.3. After further review coming up next, David, you got what? Your winners and losers? Yeah, winners and
2: losers, and we may speak a little bit more about this Detroit Lions game.
0: Okay. Yeah. And also is Fair Play. Fair to. Fair. What is it? Fair to Play acts in California? Yep.
2: Fair oh. pay to play.
0: That'll be an interesting one. That and more here on 88.3 WTs. After further review, you can always listen to us on SoundCloud or on iTunes. Uh, as for our, our podcast, we'll always have those uh, posted up there for you. Coming up next, more after further review after this. <laughs>